0: Iowa Everywhere. From the Channel Seed Studios, Nick Oson and Jake Brands talk all things Big 12. This is
2: Firmly Entrenched. Powered
0: by Heartland Flags and Gifts. Every team, every sport, every flag. Almost. Here's Nick and Jake on Iowa Everywhere.
1: Hello and welcome to the Channel Seed Studios. I'm Jake Brand alongside Nick Oson for the first live episode of firmly entrenched it's 2:30 p.m. Wednesday which is the time we'll be live every week during football season. I don't know about you Nick but the first two episodes were awesome and I'm I've got a little more I'm a little more amped to
2: be doing this live. How about you? I can tell you're juiced. You know, I I really enjoyed the first two. I think that even though we weren't here in person for that second one, I actually felt like You know, there was kind of a build in some of the rapport and the back and forth. I think now we've really got even a little bit more to build off of as we're here. We're live. And most importantly, Jake, it is week one for Iowa State and Big 12 football.
1: It's week one. Week zero was fun. We watched Aiden Wyatt have the time of his life (laughs) following along (laughs) Chris Hassel, CW, Ted Flint. We'll, We'll pick his brain on that maybe a little bit later on the show. He could probably do his own. Aiden Wyatt
0: podcast journal to talk about that week. I have the first blog of Iowa Everett History coming out. When's that coming out? As soon as I get it done. As
1: soon as he gets it done, (laughs) you can listen to Aiden's journal following along two guys named Chris and Ted Flint in Las Vegas, but we're not going to waste any time. We're going to get right into what we're talking about today. It's football season. We're going to do a full preview on Iowa State, the offense, the defense, special teams, maybe a little game by game, Matt Campbell, everything Iowa state. And that of course will lead into an in-depth preview of the game against Northern Iowa. Following that, we're going to go through the big 12 standings. I made mine. Nick's going to chime in on what he thinks. And we're going to finish with a little big 12 spreads, courtesy of our friends at Circa sports, Iowa. And before we Get into the Iowa State season preview. We've got the Iowa State tailgate preview. There's going to be a bunch of Iowa State flags, hopefully courtesy of Heartland. Nick, you want to take us through maybe what what type of flags people can get?
2: Absolutely, Jake. So my you know my usual two minute drill is always presented by Heartland Flags and Gifts. This week we're going to squeeze that into our kind of massive Iowa State season preview, and again presented by Heartland Flags and Gifts. Online, HeartlandFlags.com. Heartland flags and gifts for the title or in-store 3719 Southwest 9th in Des Moines, free shipping anywhere in the U S always new products, constantly Jake and every team, every sport, just about every flag as we've kind of hit on and realized in these first couple of shows, some great choices. I think we're going to continue to roll with Simpson as kind of my go to roll storm, uh, to illustrate that my friend, where my guy Jake here went to school. And again, for most of these teams still, things are going to change very soon. But most of these teams, certainly the teams we are going to talk about, everyone is still undefeated. And this is one of the last few days. You can still say that. Show Except those for Navy. flags <laughs> proudly. Heartland flags and gifts. So I will kind of start this off with you here, Jake, passing it back to you. As we start the Iowa State season preview, what are just maybe some general thoughts that you've gotten Say specifically on the offense, a major talking point at the end of last season. I know it's a spot that, you know, on my boards on 247 Sports up to the minute, just before we got here and got things rolling, people are very uh, passionate and you know, some are disagreeing within that what that could look like. I'm excited to share my thoughts, but you've been at just about all the media stuff with me. Where's your head at right now for Iowa State's offense?
1: So my head, it it's in a place of reflecting on last year's team and that offense was miserable to watch. It was it was hard to watch. It lost them a lot of games but still despite that, despite Hunter Decker's interceptions, despite the very very poor offensive line play that really didn't create any holes for the running backs, they were literally four plays away from being 8 and 4 when you look at it. So One kick against KU. A Xavier Hutchinson drop against K-State. A Xavier Hutchinson drop against Texas and a Jalen Noll drop against Oklahoma State. Uh, Obviously, it's not as black. Just for the point It's not as black and white as that, but you could really narrow it down, especially the field goal and the Hutchinson drop against Texas. I think if those two plays are made, you're in the 98, 99%. You're going to win the game.
2: So, and credit to... X Hutchinson, by the way, making the 53 man for Houston here as a rookie, definitely making great points. And I'm with you, Jake. They were so close to those things, which I think is going to add to some of my thoughts, but just wanted to give credit. Great news for X and Anthony Johnson.
1: I'll chime in one second. They're not anywhere close to and eight without Xavier Hutchinson. And they're not in any of those games without Xavier Hutchinson, I hope I'm not. I hope that didn't come across as blaming Hutchinson, but at the end of the day, When your best player has two plays that he could have made that very well could have won them games over. I mean, Kansas State, the Big Twelve champion. If if he catches that ball from Hunter Decker's at the end of the game and they they make that field goal, that could have been a win. So I
2: played a solid game too. You're just you're getting me thinking about last year, but this year. So I think it just comes down to that. Do they win
1: in the margins? If whether it's Rocco backed, whether it's J.J. Cole, whether it's Tanner Hughes, they don't have to be as physically gifted as Deckers. I think Cole will be eventually, maybe not this year, but as long as those guys, it shouldn't be hard to cut the interceptions in half. And if they could do even more than that, play kind of the Kyle Kemp role of 2017, get it to your weapons, run the ball, and that Leads in that leads into the offensive line. If the offensive line goes from a straight F, which is what I would rank it. It's what a lot of you
2: are harsh today. A lot (laughs) of people would rank it.
1: If they go from an F to a C minus, they go from an F to a D plus you're looking at going from, I don't have the numbers on me right now. You're looking at going from, Oh, I've got the, the rushing yards per game. Um, sorry, I can't find it. whatever it was, probably in between three and four yards per carry, if you're just making that big of a jump with the talent they have in that backfield, if you go from three yards a carry to four and a half, that that's how many different first downs a game. that's it, that does a lot. So what Iowa State's offense needs to do isn't much. It's just be more violent up front, which is what. Offensive line coach coming from Northern Iowa is really harped on and it, it, it comes down to the quarterback. Just being a little bit better, a little more careful
2: with the ball. What, what do you think about that? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here listening to you and, and I can't help but smile. I think it's for a couple of reasons. I'm so excited. We have actual football to talk about, and I'm excited for this team staff these players to have the chance to kind of change this narrative and start a new season. Obviously, you know, I get the opportunity, we get the opportunity to to be at the media and you know, checking in like last couple of weeks throughout fall camp and things. Man, Jake, I know that I am an optimist with things as our, you know, other friends around the state always remind me of maybe too optimistic sometimes, but I will say this. First and foremost, O-line, that is where things are going to start this year. Yeah. Especially because as highly as I think of Rocco and specifically JJ as well long-term, again, the offense isn't going to do much without a terrific O-line. And I think it's going to be pretty good to good, Jake. You know, I, I really do. I'm not going to say it's... <laughs> You're a little more bullish than I am. I'm not going to say it's its built off, you know, four or five like NFL players. I do think there could be one or two in there, potentially Hufford, potentially Miller, but I think it's going to be better. And I'm gonna keep going back to, you know, this is kind of my, my bread and butter, speaking about the offense within football. I keep going back to giving credit Reed Keggy, Ryan Clanton, of course, Matt Campbell, Nate Shieldhouse, but I want to start with those two. You look at some of the measurements, and there was a tweet I'm sure you guys saw, with you know, kind of respect to, to being on Twitter X, whatever you want to call it, that kind of shows uh, the size of this offensive line. It's it's massive.
1: It's the second biggest in the Big Twelve, right? Just behind yep. Texas. Yep.
2: As of those projections, and I think is does that make an O line good? No. Do I think it's going to help this O line? Absolutely. So that's kind of my first point. Number two, I I think, and as we get into the defense in a little bit, I think that unit is still going to help the offense, even if there is some turnovers. Right. I'm not going to sit here as optimistic as I am and say these young QBs are for sure, you know, not going to turn the ball over because I think at times it happens, specifically against some of these really good defenses that you'll see. And, you know, just looking at a little bit of our prep, I'm excited, Jake, about two units specifically. It seems throughout the summer and fall that the RB room has gotten a lot of love. I'm happy to have kind of put some of these freshman names early on when they got here. Because even though we haven't been able to see it yet, I've heard from enough people out there that I trust, including... These coaches at press conferences, I don't think they go this far talking about that room, laying the depth chart out like that, Jake, if it's not a legitimate room. Do you know where I'm kind of coming from? And that's
1: how Campbell has really gone about things since he's gotten here. Really, any time that you hear something about a true freshman in camp, I'd say nine times out of ten, it usually ends up. And you, you see this with the most extreme example of giving Brees Hall number 28, Troy Davis's number that was looking back on it felt intentional. And there were a lot of Iowa state traditionalist fans that were upset about that. They thought Troy Davis's number should be retired, but, but you could just tell Campbell thought he was the real deal. He was the real deal he's been talking about Abu Sama. He's been talking about Carson Hanson so much that I think it would be way more of a surprise if they weren't impact players. Maybe not week one. I would be shocked if those guys aren't impact players in the backfield or on special teams by week six, week seven.
2: Absolutely. And, you know, there's another unit or two that I want to hit on, but I'll say this, and I'm not like a, you know, big hot takes, bold prediction type guy. You guys know this, you know, about me. But one prediction I'm kind of working on uh, for a story on 247 I actually am going to predict that Sama scores a touchdown in week one. Really? I think that like you just, you know, more eloquently than me kind of hit on, I think those guys are going to have roles this season. Sama is not saying he's the best right now, but he's arguably the most talented back that they have in terms of, you know, decent size, specifically muscle. He's not the tallest player, but you know, speed, uh, vision, strength, cutback ability, explosiveness. I think he's going to get chances. And kind of leading into my next note, I think Iowa State is going to be able to run the ball, specifically this weekend. So that group as a whole kind of gives me a lot of, maybe not quite confidence, but optimism for this offense. I just, I don't think it's going to be perfect. I don't think anybody's saying that. I don't think they're going to, come out and necessarily be a juggernaut, but I think there are going to be palpable and tangible changes and more impressive spots that you see when you compare to last season, Jake, I yeah. really do. And I, I
1: don't want to harp on last season too much. I know I've been doing it a lot and I do want to cut Hunter Decker some slack. Yep. He didn't have Brees Hall next to him. He had Cartavius Norton who when healthy was good, but he was hurt a lot. He had Jiro Brock who was hurt a lot. That one really hurt. The and team. then that leaves Eli Sanders Jesus. who was young raw and Deion Silas who is just not a, th- he's not a three down power five running back and combine that with an O line. That was bad. I, I don't think the quarterback was the root of the issue on the offense. So it, it's what goes around him and you keep going back to 2017. What Kyle Kempt had around him, he utilized it. That's all it's going to take. And if, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm just saying this is all ifs. If the offensive line takes a step up and the running game goes from a D minus to a C plus to a B, I think Iowa State's offense is just naturally going to have to be better because they can't really be any worse. And then that leaves the tight ends also that I think will be much improved from kind of going from the coal or saner chase Allen, taking a dip back last year. I think, I think that should be better this year. And I think that's again, more of a product of having a running game where you got to put an extra guy in the box to worry about Abu Sama to worry about Cartavious Norton. Well, that leaves Easton Dean that leaves Ben Bramer just in the, in the little seam that, that Matt Campbell, loves to run
2: yeah so I I think that's a group that has almost been again I'll say underrated maybe not talked about a lot and I can understand it was a bit of a down year for that unit last year but I can tell you pretty confidently there's a lot of talent in that room you know I, I think there were some tough injuries and then obviously kind of the gambling situation this season but I think Dean is in the best spot he's been, Jake, for sure. Bramer is getting a lot of conversation and, you know, buzz, and rightfully so. I I said, quite honestly, in December when he signed here, I thought he could make the league. I think he will do that. But a name I think people are forgetting about a little bit is Gabe Burkle. Mm -hmm. I think that his build, his athleticism, his kind of ability to both block, seal, and make plays in the passing game, I think the tight ends are really going to surprise some people. I really do. As you said, I am bullish on that group. And I think from one to four, one to five, I mean, I didn't even say, you know, Tyler Moore, Andrew Keller, Steve Oklotz, of course, who will play some fullback Mm -hmm. as well, the H-back type role. I'm not saying necessarily it's going to have, like, a couple surefire NFL players, though it could. But I think one through five, one through six, I think it's going to be a really good room. And I think it's a spot, like you mentioned, working with the run game, the offensive line, it's going to raise the floor of this offense for me, which is why I'm not calling it the best offense in years, but I think it's going to be naturally better than last year because of that floor.
1: It's it's weird to look back, but in 2021, Iowa State had, the top ranked offense in the big 12 2022 they dipped to last my prediction uh, as we kind of wrap up the offensive talk my prediction is they're going to be somewhere in that ninth, 10th range out of 14 teams 8th ninth, 10th which I think is <laughs> a massive massive jump from 10 out yeah. of 10. Like and there are were some good, year.
2: as we're going to talk about more later, some good new offenses in this conversation. Exactly. Today. So, you know, I, I I totally hear you there, Jake, and I appreciate kind of where you're coming from. The defense now. Oh, yeah. Which has evolved into, I mean, you guys have been around this program longer than me, but it's evolved because of Coach Haycock, you know, Coach Rashid, Coach White, Coach Broomfield, like all of these coaches that have been here. It seems to have evolved into the the backbone of the team and something that can really be relied upon these last few seasons. Obviously, we saw an incredible unit last year. So I ask you here, Jake, do you see that somehow getting a little better? Do you see it falling down a little bit or maybe about the same with an improved offense? What do you think? I'm thinking about the same, but I have no...
1: I have no reason to put a cap on what Haycock can do. <laughs> it's, it's really easy to, to look back on last year and think, oh yeah, we all knew the offense was going to struggle and the defense would be good. No, into the season, it was thought of maybe the opposite that Iowa state might have to change their identity because they returned just three starters on defense last year and they were better. That was inconceivable going into last season to think that there was any shot that they could be better than they were the year before. And of course you lose the entire starting defensive line. Will McDonald is going to have a really good season on the jets. And then MJ Anderson is not with the program anymore. And of of course, uh, uh, Isaiah Lee. So that's the question mark is up front, but I have no reason to doubt. Haycock and I know that the secondary is going to be the best of the Campbell era when in those early Haycock teams the the 1718 the a lot of those interceptions that they were getting a lot of the pass breakups those were mostly brought by the defensive line because they were able to bring so much pressure so might the might the makeup of the Haycock defense change a little bit where it's more relying on the secondary, maybe, but i I think they're going to be just as good, if not a little better and and if they're a little worse, they're not going from best in the conference to eighth. They might go from best to third, something so, like that.
2: you know, no surprise as we're building uh this chemistry here, Jake. I'm very similar. So I will say I think by most uh, you know, kind of notable markets ranges whatever you kind of looked at last year it was generally a top six to eight unit in the country yep that was not a big 12 thing that was not pick and choose these conferences I went into every game not as a fan but as a writer legitimately prepared to think Iowa State wins this game because of the defense and as you kind of alluded to earlier they did or almost did several times even when it wasn't perfect they kept them in games i think of kansas kansas state just about every game except tcu i would probably
1: they, say they almost won three or four games not because of the defense in spite of the offense which is yeah. it speaks how good that defense was
2: in there no of, yeah they had no business being in that k-state game framing it that way absolutely so where i'm at is I don't want to say step back, but I don't think it's necessarily fair to expect that level quite yet. Or, or again, I guess I would say coming into 2023, because I think that the loss of Will McDonald is getting a little bit overshadowed. That's fair. I understand. Yeah. You know, that wasn't the best season he had had yet, but he's still certainly one of, if not the best player that's you know come out of Iowa State at least defensively in a long, long time. The secondary, so good. The key there is going to be health. I think a unit that people aren't talking about as much is the linebacking core, And I think that as young as it is, outside of Gary Vaughn, Jake, I think these guys are pretty good, man. Jack Sadowski is... Sadowski, you know, Illinois native like myself, he's legit. I'm not, you know, Matt Campbell brought up Mike Rose. And then there was a follow-up asked uh, to him yesterday. I'm not saying he's going to be mike rose i personally think they're a little bit of different players but i think he can have that type of impact and production very early i think carson willick and will mclaughlin people aren't talking about them quite as much i understand they're young and there are a lot of stars around but i think it's going to be fun it might not be like the rose hummel you know vaughn type uh kind of complexity and production every game consistently But I think they're going to be good, and I think T.O., Tyler Onyedem in that D-line is going to be really good. I think the pass rush takes a bit of a step back because MJ was good here. I I don't think he was ready for the NFL personally, but he was really good at Iowa State, decent at Minnesota, but really good here. Secondary takes a bit of a step up if they can stay healthy, and I think overall – I'm just thinking of the rest of the Big 12. I I think I still see it as a top two unit in the conference. Because I think that so many of the better teams or or teams that we expect to be better than ISU within the conference, you know, maybe you rely on or trust their offenses a little bit more. But defensively, I think they're going to be really good again. And I think it's going to keep Iowa State in several games. Just a game that automatically comes to mind is like an Iowa game early on. I think they're going to make things a little tougher on Theo Day this weekend, and we'll see how that progresses and how that health can progress throughout the rest of the conference play.
1: Yeah, we can land that 2022 defense is an A. 2021, a plus, Jake,
2: that that was it was a perfect
1: we'll, defense. We'll land on an A plus, <laughs> and in 2023, I don't think any of us would expect anything worse than an A minus. And I, I think that's agreed. John Haycock has earned those flowers and I think until we see something otherwise, then that's just what we're gonna have to roll with. But the special teams might be the only football podcast in the country that <laughs> is talking about special teams as a key to the season, but they are, and we're in the channel seed studios and special teams. I'm guessing will probably be a weekly discussion on this podcast, firmly entrenched. And the good news is they cannot be any worse. Like actually they, they can't be, they,
2: they, they can't be worse. Right. Right. In here's where I'm, the reason I was smiling, they're not going to be worse. And people have called me, you know, not called me crazy, but kind of questioned me like on the radio and times when I've said this. I understand I'm an optimist, but call me crazy, my friend. I don't think special teams as a whole were as bad as people think. I think that it got amplified so much because of one major aspect of it, and that was generally kicking. And that got amplified because the offense struggled to put you know put yeah. it in the end zone, finish off drives in the red zone. So I that's why I kind of had that smile, not that – I think it's going to be worse because I don't think it's going to be close. But like when you turn when you, you know, kind of get into terms like punting, they were good last year. Tyler Perkins. Other than the blocks. Early on. Yes. But, you know, I think Tyler Perkins is going to be great. I think that timing is going to be even better this year in terms of like snapping. I think coverage was decent. I understand, though, why it was such a talking point why there was, you know, now a coach here and coach Jordan Langs being the STC with Iowa State as long, a, along with the running backs coach. And I get why, of course, we're talking about it right now leading into this season. So that was just to say, as I bump it back to you, won't be worse. But I also think some areas just maybe got forgotten about a little bit because people look at the kicks and I don't blame them. It it yeah. had legitimate effects on these games. I just, because, you know, I I played and I love to get into kind of the depths of things. I wanted to give just a bit more credit than was kind of given and say that I think tweaks to maybe two or three things within that whole scheme are going to help things this year.
1: I I agree. I see it being being better. I think the, I, I don't know how to put this. So I do think it'll be better but I also think that the way it's perceived by the fan base and the local media will be better no matter what, because they finally added a special teams coordinator. Mm -hmm. I think when, when you lose that Kansas game, the Monday discussion is, I can't believe that after all these games that Iowa State's lost because of special teams, despite the fact that Campbell always preaches the margins, that just makes it the talking point on monday of they need to hire a special teams coordinator. So i think just by that in nature in theory they'll be better at least received and i do think on the field they'll be better and they're going to be a key on saturday. I don't know we we can get into the U and I discussion a little bit. I I don't know much about U and I other than the fact they've got a good quarterback and their defense isn't as good as maybe we're used to seeing mm-hmm. come into Jack Tri Stadium, but you could tell me that they were fielding a team of of the Cedar Falls High School. If they're wearing the purple and gold <laughs> walking to Jack Tri Stadium. I know what's going to be an ugly game. I know that kicking is going to be important. I know that punt coverage is going to be important. I know that special teams is going to be a huge key and as long as They've got a Panther that says you and I on their helmet. I'm not picking Iowa State to score any more than like 16 points, but maybe I'm just a paranoid lifelong Iowa State fan that's watched this
2: game too many times. So enlighten me a little bit, right? We won't get too far off course, but you know, Jake or producer Aiden, if if you want to give me just like a little bit of kind of a viewpoint here. This was before I was here. So I understand there have been close games. I understand why fans don't like the matchup. I guess, what was the worst one? And when when did this kind of start between you and I and Iowa State? <laughs> well, I guess. Because if you take a look at my website, man, I mean, they talk about this game like it's, I don't know, Iowa State against the Brady-led Patriots is kind of the vibe I, I get. And then I'm looking at who Iowa State has and, and the measurements of players and, the levels at which they play at and I don't fully quite understand it. Aiden, you you're a native of
0: close to Cedar Falls, so Yeah, we're about three minutes from Cedar this. Falls, so I was deep in Panther Country. Mm-hmm. But the worst one I mean, Campbell's first game. Yeah. Was I think that was the last time they beat us, but Hillsides sold out. You know, I was I was a young lad. It uh, <laughs> was 2016.
1: 2016. So uh, you were a freshman in, freshman high, school. in high school. I was
0: a sophomore. And I was excited for this great new coach, Matt Campbell, and the new Matt Campbell era, and they broke my heart. So where was this game? This was in Cedar in Falls. Ames. Let oh. me see oh, if Christ. I. We've never played at Cedar Falls. Okay. Let, let me
1: see if I've still got this post up on my on my Instagram. Was it a pretty it close loss? Well? Well?
0: I I honestly don't remember. I think
1: I deleted it. It was. I mean I don't think it was a blowout but I it might have been two touchdowns but I so I tweeted or no I didn't tweet I don't think I had Twitter yet on Instagram I posted a video of like the pregame it was I'm I'm not lying it was Hillside sold out it was the new Matt Campbell era a storm is brewing was the slogan and they lost and I put on Instagram like oh storm missed Ames New era, same stuff essentially as that. And luckily I was wrong, but the whole problem with, with Iowa state football was they should be able to beat you and I, and you bring in this guy, they don't beat you and I, and actually Campbell's second year, 2017, they've rolled through them, didn't play in 2018. That's when they played South Dakota state. Had the lightning delay. Mm-hmm. 2019 is what I'm going to go with as the worst, even though they didn't lose. That's a very it good was, pick
0: for the worst game ever.
1: It was the over, I think, triple overtime game. And I believe Brees Hall fumbled on the goal yep. line in overtime. And Brock Purdy recovered that fumble. If he doesn't recover that fumble, a top 25, number 21 Iowa State team opens up the season with the loss at home against Northern Iowa and then 2021 wasn't much better. It just didn't go to overtime. I think they won 16 to 10, but it was just ugly. And that's a top 10 Iowa State team coming into the season. So for me, there's also the game where David Johnson just flat out dominated Iowa State that was
2: well before that was like 20 Campbell, 12
1: 2013 paul rhodes era they
2: looked like the power five team iowa state looked like the fcs team so that's why i'm gonna give some leeway there because johnson ran over a lot of good (laughs) fbs teams i mean that's a that's a multi-time pro bowl nfl guy but you know i I just wanted to kind of get a little more in person uh feel for for that from my guys, you can so, see the wounds yeah I can see you know the goosebumps on your left arm already so you know that makes sense a little bit bringing it back I don't think it's going to be a crazy crazy blowout for Iowa State but when I made my pick I just think because it's at home this team is motivated I'm telling you physically I think UNI is going to be undermanned I think think that Iowa State will be able to run the ball. I really do feel that's going to be a B at least type thing throughout the season. I think they have the potential to run all over UNI. I really do. I've not gotten super into the depths of the UNID line. But as we get further into that game later, I think all you look for special teams-wise, Jake, this weekend and producer Aiden is just consistency. Mm-hmm. And I think you're going to get a good look at that, whether it's field goal here and there, or just the simple extra points from Chase Contreras. I remember kind of throwing his name out there back in the winter, and I still give Iowa State a lot of credit for being able to get him as a PW Thank you,
1: Brent Bloom.
2: Wrap, wrapping up uh, you know, his career here. I think he's brought a lot of good to... Special teams to the team, not just kind of his kicking and, you know, accuracy. I think that, I mean, I spoke with him when he, like, committed. I think he's brought a lot of kind of positive energy leadership into a young room. Uh, Obviously, you know, Jace Gilbert was the guy last year. I think that the future can still be relied upon with him. I just think there were some tough spots last season, and I think Contreras is going to be a really reliable guy for the Cyclones, Jake. All right, what do you say
1: we'll give our score prediction for Northern Iowa at the end of the show when we do our our Big 12 spreads. But what do you say we get into some Big 12 standings projections? And so what I did, I've got my Phil Steele college football preview. That's a legendary choice. All reliable. Every offseason, try and go front to back it. It was hard this year focusing on all the gambling stuff. But what I did was I went game by game through everyone's schedule. And and this is how I built the standings. And if, if you like what I have to say, you can go and bet over unders on Circa sports, Iowa, the highest limits, lowest odds, or I've done that. I think every show the lowest holds and the best odds. You can download that app on the app store, Google play, wherever you get your apps. So I'm going to start going 14 to one and Nick's going to chime in if he feels that he has any thoughts and at 14th I've got West Virginia going three and nine two and seven in the conference
2: not a ton more to add goodbye like for either of us goodbye Neil Brown I've got yeah
1: I've got kind of my notes on them I just that they've still got an open competition for quarterback they they've actually got a Decent run game, but they lose their top four receivers and their defense was, was bad last year. And it's, it's not going to be any better. I, I don't think there's gonna be too much pushback on having West Virginia finished dead last. I've got Cincinnati coming in 13th that they just, they lost so many transfers with Luke fickle and they've got Emery Jones coming in from, from Arizona state replacing Ben Bryant. And here's the, here's the kicker. They lose their top eight hmm. wide receivers. And that goes with a defense that's going to be good up front, but loses a ton in the linebackers and defensive core. I've also got Cincinnati going four and eight, two and seven in the Big 12. Another newcomer. And then this is the general theme. I think it's going to be really hard for some of these schools to to jump up. We've seen that in the past. TCU They they were in a Rose Bowl with Gary Patterson and I think oh nine or 2010. They played. They played Wisconsin. They come up to the big 12. It took them four or five years to really to really get acquainted. I think we'll see the same thing with Cincinnati and then Houston's the other one. I've also got them four and eight two and seven. They're trending in the wrong direction. They were picked to win the American last year. I don't think a lot of people remember that they were in the top 25. Yep, they went just eight and five. I think that bad mojo is going to carry over into another year and all they've got coming back right now. they have only got 12 starters coming back. I think the formula, if you're going to jump conferences, is you need continuity of 17, 18 starters coming back and Houston just doesn't have that. And then here's probably the first surprise to you, Nick.
2: Yeah, I got some some notes here. <laughs> I've got Oklahoma State
1: finishing 11th. And, and that's that's crazy. I've got them going five and seven and going two, yeah two and seven in big 12 play. And I'm hard, hard, hard selling on the Gundy era. I think it's going to crash and burn. I know CW added some insight on this. I think last week on the CW pod, it's just that they're also trending in the wrong direction. They lost four of their five wide receivers. They have just 20 combined starts on their offensive line coming back you lose Spencer Sanders you lose pretty much all of your skill position guys from last year in the defense since Jim Knowles left for Ohio State it's been on the downward trend after being one of the best in the conference but here is the silver lining for cowboy fans they've got by far the easiest schedule in the league they avoid Texas Kansas State TCU Texas Tech Baylor That's insanity. How did they not play
2: any of those teams? You're right, Jake. And, you know, I'm not hitting on all your picks. That one surprised me. I think you make a lot of really good points early on. And I'll admit I'm not as high on Gundy personally as I maybe used to be. But, you know, just checking in around the network a little bit, like there is some optimism. There is a little bit of optimism with this new roster within the program or I should say around the program and I have not lost full faith where I I think that they're going to just fail with a schedule like that I think that as we'll you know touch on probably later in in the season I think that's a game they might lose to Iowa State you know early on in conference play but Oklahoma State I would have at least probably in the top 7 at worst
1: yeah so I've got their game by game schedule I I've got them starting out they played joke of a non-con I've got them losing at Iowa State losing to k State beating Kansas they go to West Virginia and on paper you think Oklahoma State's or Oklahoma State's better but in my head West Virginia's gotta win a game they're not Mm -hmm. gonna go they're not gonna go winless in Big Twelve play. So that's the one I circled. I think they'll beat Cincinnati, but then they've got Oklahoma at home, at Central Florida, at Houston, BYU. Which it's an easy schedule, but
2: I like a couple wins
1: and I just had a couple losses chalked up, but we'll move on to BYU, the Cougars. I think just because of the type of players they have, older, usually really good on the lines, I think they've got a little bit better of a chance to make some noise in the big 12 this first year, just because of their offensive and defensive line, I've got them going five and seven, three and six in the conference, their skill positions, big question mark. But what I did find interesting was their record against power five opponents because what you get concerned about with these teams making the jump is they beat up on bad teams, but they're 11 and nine since power five teams since 18 and specifically in 2021. They went six and one. And they were really, really good that year. They were actually going into the last season, they were pretty good. And they they dropped to just a couple dumb games, but they did beat Baylor in overtime. That was uh that was a great game. And then here we get into uh the real what I think will be the bull teams. I've got Kansas going six and six. Their offense is unbelievable. They they have so much coming back mm-hmm. on offense that it's not really a question mark at all. It's the defense that was also a big question Including mark last year.
2: A major pick for conference player of the year offensively yes. as well.
1: So they they still have seven guys coming back on defense, but I don't really think they did anything on defense to, <laughs> to I mean, increase their know, win
2: total from six to eight. Jake, they got a tough schedule in mm-hmm. that back half. That is that's really, really tough. I I really like Coach Leipold, you know, I like their offense as well, but I think where you have them pegged is pretty fair because of that schedule and because though I think that some of the coaches on the defensive side are really good and have crushed it in recruiting, I think it might take another season or two to raise that group.
1: And here we go. Got Iowa State going at six and six, four and five in conference. I think that this isn't the ceiling or the floor. I would call this from my opinion, the most likely scenario. I I just, what we already talked about earlier. We don't need to harp on it too much. I think the defense is going to be really good. Best in the conference again. And I, I believe the offense is going to go from an F to a C minus. And I think that's going to be enough where just stay out of the way. Let the defense win a couple games. I think that'll be enough for Iowa state to get back to a bowl, which again, probably isn't at the standard that Matt Campbell wants or has previously set. But I do think they get back to a bowl game this year.
2: So you've got them beating Oklahoma state at home. Yeah, Let me pull up the
1: schedule. So their wins. I would assume you and I, Ohio, Oklahoma state, Cincinnati, Kansas, and Texas.
2: Okay, you've got the Texas And pick. we'll
1: we'll talk about Texas in a little bit, but uh, I'll, I'll go more in depth on that when I talk about Texas. So coming in at number seven, I've got TCU. And this was a bizarre schedule looking through. I think they're going to regress to the mean. The, you lose a winner like Max Duggan, that is hard to replace. A lot of skill guys, too. Yeah, a lot NFL at plays. wide receiver. They do still have... Trace Sanders, who I think is going to be Mm -hmm. a stud at running back, but their wide receivers are going to fall off. And I don't think the defense will be as good, but it is deeper this year. So it could sustain some injuries and I think they're going to be steady and and Sonny Dykes is a good coach, but look at this schedule to finish the season. You go the last five weeks, you go to K state, you go to Lubbock and play Texas tech at home against Texas Baylor at OU. So in my schedule,
2: that's all in a row.
1: That's all in a row. That's On my tough. schedule, I have them starting 7 and 0 and then going 1 and 4 down the stretch, they could easily easily go 0 and 5. And I don't see anything better than 2 and 3 in that stretch.
2: But Yeah, I agree. But but even with that like you projected, still an 8-1 season.
1: Yeah, no, I think they're going to be good, but they're not going to reach the the unrealistic expectation that they set last last year which you got to give them credit they went to a national championship I just think th- the momentum you get from going to a national championship probably doesn't pick up recruiting wise the year after maybe the next year is where you really really want to where look those for players them. get
2: there yep. yep now we're getting close to a
1: pretty big surprise you had for so me. I've got Texas Tech going eight and four six and three and they're a popular pick to make the big 12 title game and I just want to preface this by saying finishing sixth this year the margin between sixth and second I think is going to be a couple plays, similar to what we talked about with Iowa State the margin between four and eight and eight and four last year Uh, I've got tech in a three-way tie all going six and three with two other teams they're they're like Kansas but jacked up on steroids they return everything on offense including a really good offensive line and another thing where I think they're opposite of Kansas Kansas finished the season one and seven last year Texas Tech finished on a four-game winning streak that led into some recruiting momentum Joe McGuire's a good coach and I I don't think their defense is going to be good enough to maybe compete with the quote-unquote big dogs of the conference But I think eight and four, six and three with a couple of big wins is pretty realistic out of them. And then this might surprise some people. I've got Oklahoma going nine and three, six and three. I'm not a believer in the Sooners this year. I'm going to keep this simple. They're going to have a great offense and a terrible defense. I don't think I need to go any more in depth on that. If you've watched Oklahoma football the last seven years, (laughs) you get that. I think it's Brent Venable's last dance. I've got them losing. So
2: you think if they go what you projected, he's out?
1: I think so. I I think nine and three from the outside looking in might be good enough. But for Oklahoma boosters, for the board going into the SEC, I don't think they're going to view that as good enough. And before you know it, they'll be Mississippi State. And we don't really have to worry about them anymore. (laughs) But I've got... So I've got them... All three of their losses I've got them back to back to back in the middle of the season it's a it's a tough stretch Texas I've got Central Florida going into Norman and beating them and a little revenge game for their old quarterback Dylan Gabriel and then I've got them losing at Kansas in probably a 65 60 game with (laughs) with the offensive firepower
2: Kansas but
1: which that leads me into our next team Central Florida I'm high I'm high on the, on the Knights. I didn't want to be high on them, but I am just after looking through everything, they've got the s- skill positions to translate to the big 12 out of all the four new teams. They are easily the most suited to adjust to that. And they've got a really favorable final stretch to they're go already with,
2: making some great buzz recruiting by the way
1: to go with 126 career starts on the offensive line that's Crazy. a that's a lot of turnover and, and that's going to be able to compete so I'll, I'll go through their final stretch they go to west virginia to cincinnati or sorry they host west virginia go to cincinnati at home against oklahoma state go to tech easily their toughest game in that stretch and then at home against houston i project them to go four and one in that stretch, and There they are. They're nine and three, six and three, probably a puncher's chance to get to Dallas. Mm -hmm. But here's the biggest surprise on my schedule. I have Texas missing the big 12 championship game, finishing third going seven and two. The offense is going to be elite. No questions about it. They return so much on the offensive line. They've got a lot of transfers on that defense. And it's Texas. I just, I've harped on it before. Hmm. I'm not going to pick them to be back until I actually see them be
2: back. I think they do it this year. Um, I just think there's too much talent, Jake, on that team not to, I think, kind of like you alluded to with Venables. This is kind of a, a put up or shut up type year mm-hmm. for them. And, you know, just kind of speaking with some people that have been around that program I even think there are a couple players, including on offense, that aren't getting talked about enough, including at wide out. Obviously, a lot of people talk about Worthy. I think Texas, I I do think they make the conference championship. So do you have them
1: going to the playoff? No. Okay.
2: No, no, no. I've heard that a lot, too. No, like I think that they, you know, I could easily see them losing a conference game. Like I don't think it's crazy you have them three, but no, I I don't think – i quite have them going to a playoff but i do think that they probably come out as the big 12 champs
1: so i've got them going to alabama week two and winning i'm probably going to wow to place a couple dollars via our friends at circus sports iowa on that just because i trust texas to show up in a big game there's no doubt about it when they have that much talent I, i i trust they're gonna do that and oh baby we're gonna hear it on sports center Texas is back. And then I guarantee, this is my guarantee that they're going to either lose at Houston or at Iowa State. And it's going to be like, what's wrong with Texas? Culture problem? I could see them taking
2: a perfect season, at least conference season, to Ames. That I could. Man, I don't think they lose to Houston. I, I, I could be crazy.
1: And the other game I've got them losing, I've got them losing to Baylor. I I think I think it's I'll I'll just get into Baylor. I've got them finishing second. They're the new San Francisco Giants. They're even near their odd year. Baylor 2021 fantastic season 2022 high expectations popular pick to win the conference. They were bad. Finished six and seven lost. How many games in a row did they lose? I think they lost Five of their last like six, five, yeah, something like that. I think Baylor is going way under the radar with an elite quarterback. You got Blake Sheppen, Shapin, sorry, a great running back room, and I just trust Dave Aranda. I think more than he's a really good coach. I trust him probably top three or four most in the conference. Him, I, I obviously trust Gundy. I, I trust Climan. Malzahn Campbell I think Aranda's right in that range and I just think Baylor's going to have a good year when nobody really expects it they get Texas they get tech Iowa State at home and they've got to go to K-State and at TCU I think if you just get one of those they're going to be looking at a really good season and they could win another New Year's Six Bowl like we saw them do against Ole Miss a couple seasons ago and that leaves one team at the top. I didn't want to do it. Unbelievable juice did, from JK. I didn't want to do it. I'm not a K State the fan. They're Iowa State's biggest rival. I I just was going through the schedule. I've got Kansas State going 11 and one. That's
2: crazy.
1: And I know it's crazy. They lose a lot of skill. They lose Adrian Martinez. They lose Deuce Vaughn. But I like Will Howard.
2: NFL players on the defense too. I,
1: I mean, I really like Will Howard. I I liked him last year. But more so than liking him, I trust him. And I trust him behind the elite offensive line that they're going to have. The elite offensive line they're always going to have under Kleiman. And then it's just a matter of, I'm going to trust Kleiman's defense in big games, in cold weather, when they welcome Baylor to Manhattan on November 11th, when it's Iowa State, Kansas State. In Manhattan, I trust Kansas State in that game I got one for
2: you who wins that K-State game at Texas? I've actually got Texas winning that game. Okay.
1: So I, so that's
2: I, the loss for K-State. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, that's super fair. Like they're, they're good. I think they're well coached. And what I like about them and that pick, Jake, is I think they have kind of their, things are humming in terms of they know how to win. You hit on the O-line. You hit on some of the defense. That's why I guess I said that's crazy. Maybe it's not because, I mean, I think I had them or have them in the conference championship. I know K-State Texas is like a sexy pick. It's just that 11-1, and one, that just kind of jumped out at and me. And
1: that's, I guess that's where, the, the way I did this was I just went down the line look at the game, W-L, W-L. When I got to the end of it, I was like, really, did I make a typo? 11 and one, and you look at their road games at Oklahoma state, you already know my thoughts on mm-hmm. them at tech at Texas at Kansas. They're not losing to Kansas. their big brother. So really they've just got to,
2: that atmosphere will be fun though.
1: I don't think they're going to lose a home game. And I think they've just got to get two out of those four road games. And I could easily see them stealing one at tech and then I would put them as a favorite against Oklahoma state and Kansas. So it's, you you get to the point where you lose to Texas and it doesn't really matter if you take care of business against Texas tech. So call me EMA Jake or
2: whatever you want. (laughs) I was just thinking, Aiden, we got wildcat brand over here. (laughs) I got EMA, I got EMA going,
1: going to the big 12 championship, but in true big 12 fashion, so they're 11 and one, they've put themselves in a spot for the playoff. I've got Baylor beating them because that's just kind of the way it's gone the last couple of years is the, the best team for the regular season can play themselves into the playoff and I've got the second best team knocking them off. So that's my big 12 standings projections. Aiden, clip that. And in December, feel free to show me how wrong I was.
2: I, I, my, major things, my major things there, Jake, is this show has just flown by my dude. Way higher on Baylor than me, even though I like Aranda. UCF or Central Florida as you say jumped out at me but I understand the pick I think I'm a little bit higher on Oklahoma but you're right about the tough stretch Iowa State I really like the record you have for them I I do have them bowling I've said that on this show my predictions several spots it's a little weird for me to see Kansas that low because I think they are a, a bowl team I like that offense but I understand it and Oklahoma State Probably too low for me. Okay,
1: I, I got it. We'll we'll agree to disagree. I've got to. I'm not good at this. You've got to
2: wear your purple next week,
1: dude. Seriously, that was hey, my, crazy. My my boss over at Local Five, Rana Garcia, is a K State alum, so she'll probably appreciate that. I know more K State fans at Simpson than one would think would come to a small college in Iowa. So I guess maybe they've been pouring too much into me, but. May, Ewan, I blame Marquise. Jake, man. I blame Marquise Noel. That guy, that guy stole That's my amazing. heart in March. But you mentioned it. We flew through this, and we've still got our Big Twelve picks. So I'm just gonna fly through these. What I got, I'm gonna just bet responsibly on these games throughout the weekend on Circus Sports Iowa. Just gonna throw a couple bucks on each of them just to s- track my track my earnings throughout the season. Yeah, track my record. Hit All right, Kent State at UCF. Central Florida is favored by 37. Kent State returns zero starters on offense. I trust Malzahn in a primetime Thursday night, big 12 football game. Give me the points. 37, that's a lot. Give me the nights by 40. Arkansas State at Oklahoma, another big line, 36 and a half. This one's Saturday at 11. Those Sooners, they're leaving the conference because of those 11 a.m. kicks. They're going to wake up angry. They're going to wake up depressed. They're playing at 11. It's going to be a sleepy 25-point win for the Sooners. Give me the points for Arkansas State. Give me
2: Oklahoma there.
1: All right. Colorado at TCU, the darlings of the country. No, not the team that upset their way to the national championship. It's Coach Prime's Buffaloes. This line is too low. TCU is going to win this game by 40. It could be bad. TCU destroyed them last year with Chandler Morris, who's going to be starting this game before Max Duggan got the job last year. I think TCU destroys them rice at Texas, Texas is back. They're going to beat the rice owls. They're going to be all over Sports Center. Give me the Longhorns by 35. Texas State at Baylor. Baylor only won by nine against Texas State in 2021. That game was on the road in San Marcos. Texas State has a whole new coaching staff. I've heard they're not very nice, though. But still, give me the Bobcats. 27 and a half is a lot of points for an in-state rivalry. My game of the week. UTSA at Houston. The Roadrunners have 16 starters back. They're America's darling. I love them. I might alternate this game to minus 10 and a half for the Roadrunners. They're currently favored by two. Oh,
2: my goodness.
1: West Virginia at Penn State. Probably the most marquee Big 12 game of the week. Penn State's favored by 20. Saturday night at six thirty. It's going to be ugly. I think Penn State in a night game. That's a ten point boost right there. I'm taking the Nittany Lions like
2: thirty four to three. I was going to say they could win by four scores. Yeah, I, I think that's, Penn State's a sexy pick in the East up there. I think that's going to happen.
1: I don't think this is going to catch them by surprise Jeez. at all. We've got three more to get through, not in, or including Iowa State, Texas Tech at Wyoming. Saturday at nine 30, they're favored by 14 and a half. I think this game is going to be like a one score game in the third quarter, but Texas tech is going to pull away in the fourth. It's going to be a sweat out cover, but I've got the red Raiders by 14 and a half. And before we get to our final game, Iowa state, I've got, we don't have a line for them on circuit yet. We don't have a line for them anywhere. I'm going to guess they're going to be favored between 12 and 13 points. Give me the Panthers and the under. My score prediction is going to be. I'm going. I'm going. Uh, let's go sixteen to nine. There's going to be a safety in there. I don't know for Jeez. which team. There's going to be a safety. How
2: about you? What's your score prediction? Jake, I think Iowa State takes care of business, man. I, I really do. I went into you know a lot of why. But I know we're, we're running a little bit long here. I think my first pick was twenty-seven to nine. Okay. Then gets a three score. We game. both agree
1: on the nine. There yeah, we go.
2: Yeah. I don't think you and I scores a touchdown. I don't believe. I think I would say defense is going to be great. I think we see some Chase Contreras, and I think the fans get to enjoy the second half in Ames, and route to a one and zero start to the year, Jake. And after
1: they enjoy that game in Ames, or hopefully they enjoy that game in Ames, can get back crack open a nice Ames logger and watch big 12 football after dark. We're finally here. (laughs) BYU at home against Sam Houston state nine 15. I cannot wait to get home after a long day of work and just watch big 12 football at 9 PM. The Cougs are favored by 19. I have no feel in this game, but there's no way I'm betting against the Cougs in the first ever big 12 after dark game. Be sure to please, Please bet responsibly on Circus Sports Iowa. I know I will, and I'm sure I'll have some other plays in the other conferences, but you don't want to listen to mine. You can listen to Mike Palm and and Ken Miller on the hook. Those are the guys that know what they're doing. I'm just BYU wins by 17. 17. Oh, so you've got the same Houston yep. State covering. I'm just a guy with a microphone, and, and it's trust me, it's not that hard to type this out and, and type my thoughts. I'm just saying what I, through my analysis of reading, through the conference that's just what my analysis says i i could
2: be wrong we appreciate everybody rocking back with us tuning in our first live show I'd say one pretty smooth overall oh, yeah. jake i think next time when we're back here hopefully live as well cyclones will be going into week 2 we'll be previewing the, pre-view the game. <laughs> i think two undefeated 1 and 0 teams and you know I've got a lot of thoughts there.
1: Maybe Ashton Kutcher College Game Day coming to Ames again? No, no. <laughs> Probably not. This no, I'm not going to bet on that.
2: <laughs> but eventually.
1: Well, Aiden, you got any parting thoughts? Listen to the blog. Or read, read
0: the blog, please. Gosh, it's
1: been a long. It's been a long week. It's my but Saturday, Aiden.
0: Ashton Kutcher still needs to take a shower.
1: He still does. He can make that your blog post. Thank you, Wyatt. Appreciate you. All right. Thanks for tuning in. This was Firmly Entrenched on Iowa Everywhere. Watch on YouTube. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you next week. Iowa
2: Everywhere.